Hello and welcome to the Warmth of Other Podcasts. I'm your host, Eve Young, and these are my guests. Hi, I'm Aria. Hi, I'm Judd. Hi, I'm Sam. And today we're going to discuss The Warmth of Other Suns, a book based off the Great Migration, and a, which is an event in American history that is rarely discussed. So I'm wondering who writes the textbooks and who decides what goes into those textbooks? Uh, who would like to begin? Um, I can begin. So Go ahead. The U.S. government is the primary source for handing out textbooks for public schools across the country. And the Great Migration was <clears throat> a dark time in the United States history in which there were Black people that were struggling to survive, maybe, and fearing for their lives just to cross cross the street to go to a store. So pretty much Black people in the South began to migrate north to escape the brutality that was being done in the South. And the U.S. government has held back or not released a lot of information about this time period because they do not want the American youth to view the United States as anything other than a perfect country and anything other than the greatest country in the world. And it is hard to believe that a country like the United States that is supposed to be very democratic to be, you know, hiding information from the public, but it is what's happening. And it is very important that information about the Great Migration does get out some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If I could add on. um, Yeah, so, like, to add on to something that Sammy said at the beginning, which was just that, um, like, kind of like the Board of Education and, like, the government, which is controlled, like, by the government, um, like, they make the curriculum and... The people who write textbooks, well, those are, like, just educated people who are writers and write history um, and historians. But they're going to write about the curriculum that um, the Department of Education is feeding to um, schools. Because otherwise, if they write textbooks on other things, um, such as the Great Migration then those textbooks won't really be pushed out or bought as much as ones that align with the curriculum that public schools or just schools in general um, are learning. And yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I like to think of it as like an analogy where the government slash American education system, whatever you want to call it, is the puppet master and the authors or the writers or like the educated people that you talked about are really just the puppets that are uh, digesting these instructions that the system and our government gives to them. So they're like just, you know, pieces, pawns in the game board, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and just adding on to what Aria said, it's, I feel like I'm saying the obvious, but like educated people or people who are like dedicating their lives to the education of children 
don't necessarily have enough money to just spend a year on a book that just doesn't sell. They are just like in financial constraints, just forced to be part of a basically forced to do whatever the government says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that leads on to our next question. What message does that send when some events aren't included and some are? Uh, who would like to start? Um, I can begin. Um, I feel like this sends yeah. the message that like Americans value certain events over others. Um, I just think that like they're prioritizing telling like this is kind of like what um, Sammy said in the first question, which is that they're like prioritizing telling the good things that America that happened in America versus the bad. And um, it's really important to tell things like the bad because I just feel like, um, at least for me, until this year, like I always thought that the North was the good and the South was the bad and that's it. And, or, um, and I didn't know that like, the North also had awful things that still happened and they were still really like awfully segregated. And I, I had no idea. And I think that that's why. And so, yeah. No, yeah. Like uh, we were taught like America is the American dream where like it's a presumably the best possible thing that can happen to you, the best possible life that you can live. But uh, like at a at a like a young age, you they basically nail into you. Oh, we're the greatest! You gain like this national pride. You think, oh yeah, America is like all holy and stuff. But then once you start learning about oh all these horrific things that America did and the people that we idolized did, it's just slowly taken away from you. This is just another uh, I learned. Like, whenever I look through a textbook, I will either see nothing or a text. But um, just some context for how massive it really was. The population of the entire South during the Civil War was 9 million people. The Great Migration was the movement of people from the South to the North. That's just how... So that's about two and three people. That would be like if today, two hundred million people just left. That's crazy. So yeah, I uh, I think that's, that's crazy. A really good point, and also goes to show that um, the the vast majority of students go to public schools, no matter what state or city they're in. The majority are in public schools rather than private schools. And these public schools do follow a certain curriculum. And I think that it kind of shows exactly how much power uh, like the government holds by showing like what information they will give to those students. Because the majority of the future generation is going to be those same students. So... If the government is not going to teach or not going to let these students learn, at least in school, about things like the Great Migration, it's possible that they could never know about monumental events until much later in their lives 
or maybe they might never know about it. And it can just really kind of not give people the same perspective of what was going on back then, if they don't know that. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I... You... Oh, sorry, please go ahead. No, you go oh, ahead. Okay, thank you. I mean, I just feel like um, a really good example of this is, like, Christopher Columbus. Like, we were taught as kids to, like, literally idolize him. Like, he was the guy who founded America and sailed the seas and is, like, I mean, again, the founder of America. And then as you learn, like, at least I learned I learned this in middle school, like, he is not the guy who we learned about in kindergarten. Um, he is, like, a man who, you know, forced indigenous people out of their homes and, you know, gave them sickness. And, I mean, he's truly just not at all what we learned him to be in kindergarten. And, yeah. Yeah. And Sammy dappled on this a little bit, but this is our next question. Um, why should books like The Warmth of Other Suns be incorporated into our curriculum? Okay. Go um, ahead. I, I feel like, I mean, this is baiting the obvious, but if we don't get them from textbooks and we don't get this from teachers then the like books like these are arguably the only places only place we're going to get any sort of knowledge on events like this so it's i mean it's i almost it's like criminal that we have to rely on just normal books that teachers get to choose whether they have them in the curriculum or not but that's just the reality of it yeah Yeah, totally. Um, it, yeah, <laughs> it really shines light on like all the falters that the U.S. had, and they always teach us, at least at Latin, like you must learn from your mistakes. So by reading these books that we really need to read, um, we can hopefully our generation can learn from the mistakes of the past and hopefully move forward in a better environment. Yeah, you know, we agreed. Um, I feel like, um, this book, like, specifically, it taught me, like, back to my example before, where I thought that, you know, the North was just the good, and the South was just the bad, and that's it, like, this really taught me, um, at least that, um, that's not what happened, I mean, there was still awful segregation that happened in the North, um, for instance, again, an example is just, the Clark family and what happened to them and how their stuff got thrown out of their house and burned because they moved into a neighborhood that was um, predominantly white. Like that, that's insane. And like, I literally would have led my life never knowing that if it wasn't for this book. I think yeah, that's a really good point. And it also goes to show that the world is just not black and white. I mean, there, there's no, like, good side, completely good side and completely bad side in anything. And I think this book kind of is trying to show us that because thinking of the North as absolutely good is just, it's not right. 
because that's not what it is. They are yeah. They are better than the South. Yeah. But that so. Make yeah, definitely. There's a lot of gray area. Um. So, what other books do you think should be included? Uh, who would like to start? I will. I can go first. Okay, Sammy, you can go. Um, so a book I feel like should be added to a curriculum or for people to learn about is definitely The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein. It is a book that shows how racism is rooted deep within everyday laws that we have, and it does focus on uh, like real estate and redlining, which I do think is quite interesting how that kind of plays out and kind of how crazy it is to think that suburbs, which we think is just normal parts of the community, were really built upon separating white neighborhoods from black neighborhoods, which was kind of mind-blowing to me because I did not know that before I learned about this book. So I do think it's important for people to know about that. Yeah, definitely sounds good. Um, I um, researched, so it's actually a series and it's called the Revisioning History Series. Um, And there's about, or not about, there's four books right now, um, but they kind of teach um, the history of people who have been overshadowed or like groups that have been known to be like overshadowed in the past. Um, For instance, there's one that's um, called An African-American and Latinx History of the United States. And this teaches about like their fight for civil rights. And um, it has, to my understanding, it has a little bit of oral history and some informational text too. So in that way, it's kind of a little bit like um, The Warmth of Other Suns. Um, And I think that this book, that these books would just be super necessary because they really just teach um again books and sorry groups of people that have been overshadowed in the past and it brings some of their stories to light yeah um the book that i chose was called america street it's a multicultural anthology of stories um and it has like different stories from different perspectives of kids from various racial backgrounds like a Chinese American girl, or um, a kid from Harlem, or uh, an Af- Native American boy, and I thought that was just so interesting. You can like, you can look at multiple different short stories from, and you can see the perspectives of multiple different kids and see what struggles they experience. Um, and I just thought that since they're short stories, it just uh, my it held my attention better than like a really long book, and I I thought that was cool. Um, uh, my book would be Malcolm X's autobiography. I mean, it's just a book I've always wanted to read, and I think it would. I mean, we spent this pretty much whole podcast explaining how grossly uneducated are about topics like this, and how like we've never gotten a second perspective but i think this book would really help with that and i also think it would be really helpful to have it in a to read it in a classroom um setting and be able to analyze it with 
a class and get other people's thoughts on it. Yeah. That sounds so cool. And that is the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guests for coming. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.